Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film after. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed without having seen it, just be aware that the plot, thin as it is, will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. It's a Patty Johnston. Oh. It's a Patty Johnston magic, magic. I like how um we were discussing earlier um Halloween covers that we could do because our band has a show on Halloween and I was looking up um like Halloween cover songs and that song was on a list that I found. It was like it was like hey, really? any kind of very extremely tenuous Halloween related link. <laughs> so- <laughs> Because it's about magic, it ends up on a um, on a list of Halloween songs. You know what's really scary is magic. Oh, it is, you know. Magic really scares me. I'm, I'm terrified of it. Unlike Harry Potter, I do not like magic. Paul Daniels in a dark alley. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't want to meet Paul Daniels. In fact, <laughs> me and friend of the podcast, Adam Molesky, saw Paul Daniels live once and I cried through the whole show. You, you can ask him. <laughs> was this when you were 20 years old, Paddy? I, I was... 24 years old <laughs> i think 23 24 around that because i i remember seeing paul daniels when i was a wee kid did you yeah i because i seem to remember having a paul daniels magic kit that we picked up at uh at an event he was doing so i think we must have seen him i don't remember anything about the show probably because of the sheer amount of incredible magic it was all just a ruse to sell the magic kits all right yeah, of course, of course. It was hypnosis. So it, was, it was genuine, you know, stage magic. He hypnotised the entire audience and was like, you will go and buy the magic kits. Yeah. And we did. So it it obviously worked. But okay, yeah, let, let's... magician. Let's separate m- magicians from magic. Magicians, creepy. Magic, as in like magic shows and stuff that you go to where people make things disappear and pull rabbits out of hats or whatever. Creepy and weird and I don't like it. <laughs> and Adam will be annoyed at me for this because I think he enjoys a bit of Penn and Teller, but I don't know. I don't, I've never been that big a fan. Although actually, Paul Daniels' show at the time I did quite enjoy. We, me and Adam, went up for the Edinburgh Fringe, and um, we saw a lot of really great comedy, loads of really cool stuff. We we saw Paul Daniels, and I did quite enjoy it. But overall, I've never been that into magic. So I, I've never really been into it, but I do remember enjoying watching it on telly. The the spectacle of it all. Um, and and just the pure curiosity of trying to work out how they do these tricks, um, I find quite interesting. I'm like, oh, how did they manage to do that? That kind of thing. Yeah, um, but magic- I quite like card tricks. On the other hand, I think I'm into okay. low. I'm into low key magic. If there's a stage involved, I, I'm not into it. I don't really care about card tricks too much. Card tricks remind me of that creepy relative that you see who just ends up doing them for far too long until everyone gets bored. Yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> that's you. You're just there <laughs> saying, "Oh, is this your card?" Yeah, it's not. It's not even like a a playing card. It's just like a, a Christmas card that I pulled off the wall. <laughs> it's just yeah. It's just a, a and I'm sorry for your loss card that you just pull out from your trousers <laughs> handover. Yeah, who's Gerald? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Gerald is the inventor of magic. Don't you know anything? Ger- Gerald Magic is his name. Gerald, but Gerald the Wizard. I, I do have a a soft spot, soft spot for magic because um, magic is the theme of one of the most underrated great movies of all time. Um, the which Harry is, Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Exactly, you know that that bastion of of emotion. Um, no, The Prestige, which is by far Christopher Nolan's best movie, in spite of all of the huge spectacle movies that he's made, uh, you know, like uh, Inception or the Batman movies. Um, Dunkirk. Or, 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 or Dunkirk, which is genuinely a very interesting film. Um, as, I've never seen The Prestige. It, it's genuinely really great, um, if only because you get to see David Bowie playing Nikola Tesla. Okay, um, I'm into that. Which is which is enough to warrant it. Um, it's it's an amazing movie. It's a great mystery. 
Um, and it's a really tightly woven, almost psychological drama about the the rivalry between these two magicians. And it's it's a great film, really good. And it's overlooked in 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 you know, whereas you know his other great movies are, are much more highly talked about. The Prestige, secretly his best work ever. Go and see it, everybody. Everyone just thinks he's the Batman guy. Yeah, Bat Batman, Dunkirk, Inception. You know, the spinning top that doesn't stop. Ooh. Ooh, what's going on with that? Which way is it going to land? Where's it going to go? No, watch The Prestige, everyone. Is this a dream or is this a dream inside a dream? Or maybe it's a dream inside a dream. Or maybe it's like two dreams inside a dream. The the good old-fashioned quad dream. That's what I'm after. And and I, and I do love Inception, but the, there's something... If you'll excuse the pun, there is something magical about The Prestige. And I, I highly recommend that everyone goes and watches it. Go watch The Prestige. It's got Bowie in it. It's Tesla. What do you that, want? That does sound very cool. I'd I'd rather just uh, watch an actual biopic of Tesla with Bowie playing him. That would have been great. Is that um also covered by the film that's out right now with Michael Shannon in it, which is called The War That Is Happening Right Now? Uh, I I do not know this. What is this? No, it's it's called The Current War. Have you have you not seen the posters no, for I it? No, I have not. It's oh no, it's Michael Shannon and Benedict Cumberbatch. One of them is Thomas Edison. Um, and the other one is the other guy, George Westinghouse. Okay. Two great inventors of the industrial age, but nobody remembers Westinghouse because Edison made it happen or whatever. Uh, I but see. I just think the current war is such a shit name because current also means happening right now. So unless until you find out the context and you know that it's about currents as an electrical currents, um, then you just think that it's about a war that's happening right now. And you're like, well, what is the war that's happening right now? That's a strange title. Or alternatively, maybe you think it's about like raisins. Yeah. It's, just, it? it's, amb- it's ambiguous in so many ways. That, like, I, I thought... could have called it like electricity freak down or something. <laughs> that's a much better Because if someone said to me the current war, I'd definitely think, oh, that's that movie about Ribena versus Vimto, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Man, Vim- Vimto. The, the the current war though that's the one that was originally they finished filming it in 2016 but um it it was originally going to be distributed by the Weinstein company oh okay um and uh, then obviously because of the huge sexual abuse scandal they shelved it for a while and now right, it's finally released but yeah uh, you know somebody though make a movie about Robina versus Vimto yeah, take take that, that... take the social network, right? <laughs> but make it about Ribena versus Vimto. It's got to have like a rowing boat full of berries with arms all rowing down a river to the Hall of the Mountain King. <laughs> and it's a purple river. And then they fall off a cliff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just people <laughs> rowing. It's, it's a Vimto can with someone rowing in it. But the river is made out of Ribena. Yeah. And the Vimto guy is like, I don't want to put my hand in that river. And he's like, well, you have to. Otherwise, you're going to fall off the cliff and die. And he's like, I would rather die than give in to Ribena. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they have the Thelma and Louise moment. <laughs> yeah, that's what we want. Thelma and Louise, but with Vimto. Yeah. Vimto better fucking send us some free Vimto after this. <laughs> Vimto. Because, <laughs> you know, they need the promotion. Ribena have really cornered that market. When actually, sparkling Vimto is a far superior drink. Oh, um, but you don't really get sparkling Ribena. No, I, I think of it as like Vimto for the sparkle, Ribena for the still thing. Yeah. Although I don't, I maintain that squash is rubbish uh, as just as a concept. I love, I love squash. I will, I will not hear a bad word about squash. It's, it's weak. It's just always weak. You can never get the, the, the right amount of water to make it taste like anything other than something that is watered down. Mate. Because that's what it is. It's something that is watered down. You are, you are terrible at drinking squash. <laughs> Yeah, I've never perfected yeah. it because I've never had the need to because there's always been superior beverages on other like juice or sparkling water or you know like... sparkling water. Sparkling I water is the shit. I I enjoy it's spark- very good. I enjoy sparkling water, but I don't know how someone managed to take water and make it not refreshing. Literally, it is refreshing. It's never refreshing. If it's cold. It's Ice cold refreshing. sparkling water. That's like my number one refreshing. You drink. know what would work really well with your sparkling water. A little bit of what? Sometimes, sometimes I put a lemon in there or of, a lime. A little bit of empty. Yes, that would actually work quite well. In your sparkling water. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I retract my previous statement about squash if mixed with something fizzy. Fizzy squash, I, I can get down with. 
But I, I still disagree. I love a bit of squash. Give, give me some squash. Squash is great. It's for six-year-old children, mate. <laughs> All right, Mr. Grandad. <laughs> oh, I love a bit of sparkling water on a hot summer's day. I like I to sit do. down <laughs> with my sparkling water and read the Daily Telegraph for the cricket. How dare you? Only yeah, for I, the only read, I only read it for the cricket or not for the racism. And for the crossword. <laughs> Yep, the fiendish crossword. I skip over all the editorials praising Boris Johnson and pushing a no-deal Brexit. Yeah. Wait, why am I doing this crossword and every word is Brexit? <laughs> oh. Oh, there's there's the word bird and you've written Brexit under every single egg. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> so Vimto, right? Yeah. Vimto's decent. It's, yeah, it's good. It's good. The sparkling Vimto you get in cans is is extremely underrated yeah. as canned beverages go. Yeah, that's one of those drinks that you get down a corner shop and you have no regrets. It's, it's that Rio Tizer. Oh, Rio also very underrated. Yeah, Tizer also underrated. Yeah. Yeah, like you know, there's some drinks that you only get in corner shops and they are incredible. Yeah. Um Hang on, wait. Was Vimto once associated with Purple Ronnie? It was, yeah. That was in the adverts when we were kids. That's right, yeah. I wonder why that didn't really... Why that's not still a thing. I guess that seems kind of a bit late 90s, early 2000s, doesn't it? Purple Ronnie. Yeah, maybe. People wouldn't go for that now. (laughs) Maybe Vimto couldn't afford it anymore. Well, yeah, apparently... I I just looked it up. Apparently the character sold for 3.3 million. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's made by Giles Andre, who's one of our children's authors at work, and he is just one of the most prolific and talented guys in the world. He also does like the Edward Monkton stuff. He's just got like a real genius eye for things that appeal to adults and children, and yeah, he's a genius. Oh, brilliant. Whereas Ribena adverts, for as long as I can remember, have always been terrifying. Yep. You get the weird <laughs> Have little... you seen the current one, where it's, it's <laughs> got like a, a nerdy... like. You see what I did? You see what I did? <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. It's got like a nerdy guy who claims to be like a artisanal berry man or whatever, berry artist or some shit. It's really tedious and like very kind of humour that would have been funny five years ago, like making fun of hipsters. Yeah. Hey, I'm a hipster. I love currants. Yeah, craft currants. Um, That's what you like. Yeah. Because uh, I remember there always used to be the weird little dumpy current men when we were growing up that had slightly disconcerting faces. Yep. And there was one where they were all bouncing along yeah. in a pack. Yeah. And and where they were all getting squished and murdered along the way. Yeah. That's pretty disturbing when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, may- maybe that's what why Ribena tastes so good, is the suffering adds a little <laughs> flavour to it. Yeah. And speak. That was why. That's why ties is good as yeah. well. Are, we, are you going to say? Speaking of suffering, yes. let's talk about this week's film yes. and suffer through the fact that we have to relive watching it yeah. by talking about it. Yeah. So, so after Paddy, did you oh enjoy your experience with? After? No, I really did not. It was absolutely awful. <laughs> this is one of the worst films I have ever seen, and one one of the worst, not just one of the worst films we've ever watched for this podcast, yeah. but one of the worst films I have ever seen. Yeah, it it is up there with some of the worst stuff I have ever seen in my it's life. It's really unfortunate, but it's really really torturous because sometimes you watch a bad film, you know, like The Room or something, and it's funny because it's sort of goofy, or even like. It's just my got Michael Shannon on the brain. I think comparing it to something like Pottersville, which I found really, really jarring. There were things to like about that, and there was at least something intriguing about it, and it was quirky and goofy and weird. Whereas this film just had no redeeming features whatsoever, but there wasn't even anything that was bad in a way you could laugh at. It was just bad. Yeah, it was um, genuinely, absolutely awful. Apart from the cover of. Um, complicated obviously uh how dare you which is actually a really really good song that they that they murdered yeah i because complicated i love i don't know if we've talked about avril lavigne on this podcast before we have not chill out what are you yelling for (laughs) um it is uh, complicated is an amazing song avril lavigne underrated 
um, yeah, as a and that, that album also had some good album tracks it as well. It did, it did have The some... last track, whatever it's called, is really good. It's like a really good album closer. I can't even remember what it's called, but it's good. Um, yeah, and Skater Boy, obviously, banger. That was on Kerrang! As was this. It was complicated. When we first got Kerrang! It was on there all the time. It was that and Rammstein. Yeah, that and Rammstein and some some 41. (laughs) Some 41. Do you know that some 41 have just released a new album? Really? Yeah. Wasn't Derek Wibley like, he he was also married to Avril Lavigne for some time as an aside. And now she's married to Chad Kroger, which is an interesting pairing of Canadian rock royalty. But um, yeah, wasn't Derek Wibley quite seriously ill for a while? Yes, he was. Um, Oh, well, I'm glad he got back on his feet. Yeah. And and it's actually... um, it's it's actually a pretty darn good album. I enjoyed it. I'd, oh, I'd recommend, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I'd recommend giving it a listen. There was a guy at school in the year above me who was a real dickhead, who I, and um, he was a really big Sum 41 fan. I thought that never put me off them. But um, when we all got like um, rugby shirts, you get the school rugby shirt or whatever, and you put you could choose a name and number on the back, he put Sum 41 on the back. Oh my God, that is amazing. Did anyone do Blink-182? <laughs> No, no. This was kind of pre, before everyone was really into Blink One Eight Two. Obviously, they were around, but we were really into them at that point. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that that um that Sum Forty One album that everyone loved is still an awesome pop punk album. Yep. Fat Lip is a tune, and I will I will hear no disrespect against it. Yeah, Fat Lip is one of the masterpieces of that era. I I yeah. I could quite have. It has the slow breakdown in the middle. Don't count on me to let you know when oh i love it and it has the, the video is even better because it starts with them rapping in the shop to the bemused shop owner and then finishes with them doing like an iron maiden style song yeah pain, pain for pleasure pain for pleasure which is another awesome uh album track with the drummer on lead vocals the drummer whose name i believe is steve jocks which has always been a funny name <laughs> it's an excellent name <laughs> anyway all of that stuff is good after is really bad and it's like (laughs) complicate that a cover of complicated by avril lavigne is a really weird choice of song it just kind of like and what's interesting about this film as well is that a lot of the film well nothing about it's interesting because it's rubbish but (laughs) everything that all the like music that's going on in the background is like generic pop songs that you haven't heard of because you got the feeling they didn't want to spend the money on getting actual pop songs that people might have heard of, but they did spend some money getting a cover of a song from 2003 that, like, this is aimed at teenagers now. They don't know who Avril Lavigne is. It's a really odd choice of song. Yeah, it was a very strange one. Um, But I'll tell you what kind of disappointed me about this movie is I was expecting it to be bad from the... Kind of. (laughs) I was expecting it to be very bad from the trailers, which, as I mentioned before, were everywhere on my Netflix... Yeah, it, for, it did come up on my for Netflix. a really prolonged amount of time, every time. Basically, it, it showed between episodes of Stranger Things, and when I logged on to watch Stranger Things, this is what would be showing. Um, and, and judging from the trailer, I thought, oh, this is going to be really bad, and it looks like it's about a really creepy dude. And then I read some uh, rece- the receptions to the original novel and heard people talking about how it was this, you know... It's it's promoting abusive relationships and yeah. men treating women the, the, badly. The exact same criticism that was levied at Fifty Shades of Grey, and it's like, have we not been over this? Has this not been done? Yeah. How is this still <laughs> happening? How is this shit still getting made? And when that's what it's promoting. And 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 but what I found. How is this ideal of love still a thing in culture? How do people still buy this enough for this film to get made? But what I found was that this is nowhere near as bad as 50 shades in terms of that portrayal of an abusive relationship where matey boy is is controlling and weird and abusive in a kind of negging way no he doesn't have a red room no but he doesn't have a red room he doesn't have that um financial control in a deliberate manner so so in the movie there is this scene where um they move in together into this apartment that's empty because her mum cuts her off because she finds her kissing a boy. Yeah, because her... Basically it. Because in spite of all of the other terrible characters in this movie, the mum might mom, be the worst person in this film. Her single mum who raised her and loved her and like helped her work hard so she could go to college and is, 
you know, a really, really loving mum immediately cuts her off <laughs> and never speaks to her again because she found her kissing a boy. Yeah, but because, because, dear God, her daughter decided to experiment and change as she had independence for the first time at college. Yeah, uh, she decided to kiss some boys <laughs> while she was at college. Can you imagine? It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, but but even at that, yeah. What are you doing, Selma Blair? What are you doing in this film? <laughs> And I mean, she was also very, very ill and came came back for it. So, you know, mad props to her. Yes. Um, yeah. Which obviously that kind of cut her career short. And I think if she hadn't had that, she would be like a, a huge household name star right now. So it, that actually kind of really made me sad that she has to do this kind of stuff now when she's actually so much better than this shit. But, but she was only in like two scenes. They probably filmed them in a day and then it was done. But. And And the thing is that she has been doing other things as well. Um, it's It's not as though this is the the only option she has no no that's true but she shouldn't have to go near anything no no she she shouldn't have to but uh, but she has been doing some really good stuff like the other year she was in american crime story um uh, and you know she was in um this awesome movie that i really want to watch called mum and dad do you know about mum and dad i do not basically it's like a sudden crazy curse that appears on people uh oh like, shit like, i'm looking at it now uh, it's got nicholas yeah, cage and nicholas cage and selma blair are the mum and dad of these kids who suddenly turn homicidal and try and kill their children and it... <laughs> it's got cage's face like grimacing inside the d and dad <laughs> <laughs> it looks amazing i remember seeing trailers for it and thinking i really want to watch this film um and and yeah so so she's done she's still doing interesting stuff and still doing stuff that's getting um getting getting her name out there which makes me think why did you do this why did you do after um but but i i was surprised at how non not outrageously abusive the relationship is in this movie um no more so than uh, it's an infuriating film in part because even though the people in general act like no human being has ever acted um which i think is fair to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, or talk like no human being has ever talked yes it, that as well um there is a definite case of the 50 shades here um in terms of hu- th- this is a movie written by aliens about humans that's just happened to seep into our consciousness um yeah or it's written by a bot that's just studied loads of dialogue but bad dialogue yeah um but uh, but the the main guy in this, even though no one in this movie seems like a human being, his his pattern of behaviour definitely reminded me of the creepy guys at university who used to go after people who had a boyfriend already, particularly if it was a boyfriend who was not at the university. Yeah, because everyone's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're obviously going to break up. It's never going to last. It's never going to happen. Whatever. Yeah, and you and you would get like some really creepy generally people who wore ramones t-shirts and and read romantic books yeah. um although at, at our uni it was also people who listened to mars volta that was always an indicator <laughs> That's very specific that was always an indicator that someone had a massive thirst for someone who already had a boyfriend um was they listened to a lot of mars volta and it's like okay that's quite like the mars volta. I, I like i like the mars volta as well but you know the people who really love the mars volta um, that was that was alarm bell central when that happened. It's like, uh oh, <laughs> watch yeah. out for this guy. Um, but yeah, and, and and so there was this sense of normality here that it did feel a little bit more normal than Fifty Shades. It felt a little bit more grounded and more, even though again it, it felt like s- super strange and non-real. At the very least, yeah, there it's was not that. three extremely long films worth of. Will this extremely rich and powerful man ever love me without having to whip me? It's, yeah, it yeah, it's kind of that. that, but condensed down into some very, very boring scenes in a college. And and so I don't necessarily ag- agree with the sheer amount of criticism it got for an abusive relationship, because I think there's been plenty of other movies and stories that have done it to a far worse extent. And it's right to call it out, but I don't think that's the main problem here. Um, I think the main problem is everything else. But e- e- but equally, <laughs> I was very, very disappointed that it didn't go down the super crazy 
uh, evil boyfriend route because it just made it unbelievably boring. And and okay, spoiler alert for the big twist of this movie, everybody. <laughs> oh no, don't spoil <laughs> this terrible film. <laughs> um, it turns out that they've been doing a, a 10 Things I Hate About You all along, or a She's All That all along, where it's yeah, all... Yeah, literally five minutes from the end. They're like... He's he. Someone's been texting him, going like, "Oh, are you gonna tell? Are you gonna tell her? Are you gonna tell her?" And she reads it, and she's like, "What is this?" And then he goes, "Do you?" He goes, "Do you trust me?" Like he's trying to be fucking Aladdin. No, don't <laughs> use that. Don't use that line. Don't use the magic carpet line. Um, and then she's like, "Yeah." And then he's like, "Well, then just let me go and do this." So then he goes off, and then the, another friend texts her and is like, "I can show you where he is." And then it goes to like a bar. And the bar has like live music set up. And because I knew that this whole thing was um, in a similar fashion to Fifty Shades based on fan fiction and the fan fiction was to do with One Direction and his character was based on Harry Styles. I was like, it's going to be that he's like a singer and he's going to sing some romantic song and he's going to be he's been working up to some like big proposal through song. And it's going to turn out that he's like this famous singer guy that didn't happen. Instead, it was like the worst, most obvious like romantic movie trope horseshit where it was like oh yeah i did it as a dare yeah Ugh. and then that's and then literally the film ends really abruptly two minutes later yeah it's so weird isn't it because it is just really weird the, the thing that has been building up to that there is something dark they even say he's a complicated person at one point and you think oh there's going to be something really weird and twisted in his past or there's going to be something really weird that he does maybe like he I don't know. Maybe he goes out at night and and scares people or something. He's wearing a mask. And he's like, "Boo! I'm the spooky college man." <laughs> um, but no, that, no. Yeah, he's at least running around scaring some people. Yeah, all it is is that he says because it does I'm have that make... sort of weird grayness to it, doesn't it? That sort of, that sort of atmosphere where it's all like rainy and dark and twilighty. Let's be honest; it's just ripped off the aesthetic of Twilight but without any of the kind of actual darkness there that makes it vaguely interesting. I mean, this makes Twilight look like Citizen Kane. Yes, yeah. And and so I was really expecting there to be something big because the trailers are all like, oh, it's the nice guy at, at high school or it's the dark brooding one with the secret past at college. Who's it going to be? And all it is is that he's a bit of a dick. He's clearly a pretentious ass. He blatantly doesn't actually listen to the Ramones and no. he no one who wears a ramones t-shirt actually listens to the ramones <laughs> that is a unless, unless you're from the 70s yeah that is a uh, that is a permanent truth isn't it as an absolute of the universe is if you're wearing a ramones shirt you probably don't listen to the ramones um but all it is is that oh i watched 10 things i hate about you the other night and i decided i was going to do the same thing with you where i'm going to make you fall in love with me deliberately uh, but I don't think it's even that. It really, really feels like they tacked that on at the end because they needed an explanation for him being a complete dick. Yes, and and and, and it's just like, oh, that's so disappointing. I wanted there yeah. to be something more, and there isn't. And I think that's that's the worst thing about this film is that hmm. is that it does it's, it doesn't it's bad and that. disappointing. Yeah, it's bad. Often and... with a bad film, you're like, well, okay. The, the dialogue's bad, the story's clunky, the characterization's bad, they're all a bit wooden, but sometimes the plot will take an interesting twist or there'll be something that's dropped in where you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, at least they tried. That's that's the thing is, as well, there is absolutely no ambition to it, is there? There's, there's never... Sometimes, yeah, you, like, I'd rather see a film try to do something ambitious and fail than do this, which is just to do the most obvious, boring, dull bullshit treading over ground that has been trodden over so many times sorry i'm i'm choking up because i'm so sad about it's, it's it. all the bile rising as you're talking about this movie yeah um, there's <laughs> there's like I, I i i did not enjoy this movie i don't agree with some of the criticism that the story's been given about it being incredibly dangerous to promote this kind of thing but i do think that it is a very boring film and 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 maybe in the books he's worse yeah maybe maybe in the books he is worse yeah um but here he's just he's just a cliche and and that's it and and you know cliche upon cliche upon cliche and so he becomes probably the most boring character in this movie and because there is no danger there it makes you think wait a minute the the original boyfriend is actually a, a pretty big asshole as well um because yeah. because the one the moment well pretty much as soon as the movie started i was like uh oh we're in for a treat here but 
it was the moment when she has a drink at college and then she's speaking to her boyfriend uh, the high school boyfriend he's like have you just had a drink at college yeah and then he's like the most judgmental ass all of the men in this film are complete assholes but you're supposed to like them that's the thing as well about all this shit it's like it's not necessarily the romanticization of abuse but the the romanticization of an ideal that like oh men are just pricks and like if their if their attention happens to fall on us we should be grateful as women which is just the biggest load of fucking horseshit yeah it's uh it <laughs> it's just a load of old shit she goes it? from one judgmental guy to another judgmental negging weird spiky faced dude who who is English because obviously they just made him English. But I don't know if maybe in the books he's British, but um, it seems to me like they just let him be British because he probably can't do any accents because he's actually not a good actor who didn't get there on merit because he's a fine. <laughs> he got there because he's from a rich aristocratic family. Loads of other whom are actors. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder. Did he get there on merit? No. Of course he fucking didn't. But also. His performance is absolutely terrible, and his accent can't decide what it wants to be. Like at times it's right, really posh, and then at times it's like he's trying to be street. Like when he says to her, "I don't date," it sounds like yeah, like he's trying to be trying to be really street, and it's just ridiculous. I I don't want to be uh, someone who shames someone for their class because it's not something that you can control. But his full name is Hero. <laughs> <laughs> You can't even say it. His name it. is Hero Beauregard Faulkner Fines Tiffin. Oh my god! <laughs> Come and on! I'm, just, I'm sure you know the fines. No, I mean like let let's go on that for a second and talk about Prince Harry, right? I have a lot of time for Prince Harry because you know he didn't choose to be born into royalty, and I don't agree with the concept of royalty, and I think we should do away with it. But he spends a lot of his time talking about mental health and racism and opening things up and having genuine conversations. And he genuinely seems kind of now to have reached a point where he's relatively humble and kind of woke, right? But like, yeah, if if you've obviously just gotten something not on merit because of who your family is, that's bollocks, right? I'm not shaming him. I'm just saying that he got he didn't get there on merit. Yeah, and, and I'm intrigued to see other things that he's in. Um, because apparently, apparently, yeah. people were very happy with him as Tom Riddle in the Half Blood Prince. I I thought his performance in that was good, although strangely, he was playing um, a young version of a character played by his uncle. Yes, hmm. yeah. I wonder what a, what a strange coincidence. <laughs> um, but he's also in 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 a show called Safe, uh, which is on Netflix, which I want to watch. Um, which is. I'm not. I'm not saying he should never be allowed to act. I will definitely give him the benefit of the doubt and watch him and other stuff. And if he's good, then yeah, why not? Yeah, and and you know, so I think it's not necessarily fair to judge him by his performance in this film because let's be honest, everyone in this movie is really bad. Yeah, and he's working with you know the most lumpen wooden source this, material. This possible. script is very very poor, and I don't think it's necessarily fair to say you know the performance in this movie are bad. There's no getting around it, but they are working it it would take paul daniels to turn to to magic something out of this um it's it's a it's a very very poor script and i and you know know, he's been you wouldn't need that much to do to just you'd make a few a few improvements to the script not a lot yeah and 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 then it would sort of it, it would it would turn it around so you know let let let's give everybody the benefit of the doubt and you've got a silly name but you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say outright that you you're doing it just because just because your your uncle is Ralph Fiennes, Ray Fiennes rather. No, um, yeah, don't call him Ralph, please. <laughs> you Philistine. Um, and and uh, hey, he knows how to do dark magic. He's he does know how to do dark magic. But as we have established before, if I was a magician with a hammer, Voldemort, you'd be going down, mate. You'd be all like Expelliarmus <laughs> and then bash in the head with a hammer. If I'd been around, yep. Harry Potter would have been over really, really quick. Bish bash bosh. Yeah, there wouldn't have been seven books. The house. Did you know today is um, Harry Potter's birthday? Oh, is it? Yeah, he'd be 39 years old today. Oh, happy birthday, Harry Potter. You were born one day before me, plus several years, obviously. Yeah. But because but, the Fines bloodline is full of 
of of great acting talent and exploring talent and exploring talent because Joseph Fiennes is great. He is great. Yeah, he's he's um, really good, and he's got a really really interesting CV. He's done quite quite an interesting range of stuff. Yeah, underrated, and and the um yeah. the the television he's done is incredible. So Handmaid's Tale and American Horror Story in particular, he's been incredible in and one of the greatest things in both of those shows. Uh, for, Ray Fiennes' performance in um, Grand Budapest Hotel is like one of my all time faves. Oh, for sure. Um, he is he is really his his ability to um be comedic is really underrated where everyone thinks of him as this great dramatic actor but actually he's he's fantastic at comedy too yeah and so you know you've got some you've got some there's some strong acting blood there so hero finds tiffin you should be more like taffin that's what i'll <laughs> say to yeah. you yeah when she go, she confronts him and she's like oh um what I don't trust you. What are you doing? He should have just been like, oh, then maybe you shouldn't be living here. Yes. But then he'd have been like, or well, maybe you shouldn't be living here, bruv. Yeah. Because I'm from the streets. Yes. Uh, and and I'm not sure how much of that was, you know, his decision or whether it was it was down to the direction. Is and it makes me wonder stuff like that when people read these scripts or when people are being filmed saying these lines out loud do they realize just how utterly wooden and soulless it is yeah it's a good point isn't it you you do have to wonder or do you just kind of block it out because it's a job i I guess so yeah and also maybe you don't know what it's going to be like until you've seen it in the flesh where it's all been edited uh you know post-production does a lot with films um, and, yeah. and there's lots of people who who share stories about being on a project and and not realizing how bad it was going to be until they saw it, or equally thinking that it was going to be a disaster, and then seeing the final product and thinking, oh, actually, this was really good. Um, and then mm. and then you do have the instances where people knew they were making a piece of shit. Um, the Super Mario Brothers movie being the perfect <laughs> example of this is if 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 any of you you know it's it's raining over the weekend you're stuck for what to do because you were going to go for a nice walk read uh, the experiences of Bob Hoskins John Leguizamo and Dennis Hopper uh, on the set of the Super Mario Brothers movie um, is is there a book about that oh I don't know I hope so there should be oh, I'm just thinking of the Disaster Artist which is you know is would be in my top five books of all time which is greg sestero's book about um how he led up to become friends with tommy Wiseau and to make the room and my god it is just an incredible story of hubris and passion and love and friendship it's just all humanity is in that book yes it is incredible but if there were to be a similar book about the super mario brothers movie i would read the heck out of that i'm gonna write that i'm gonna i'm gonna track bob hoskins down and yeah Uh, i'm afraid you would not be able to do that is he dead? He is dead, yeah, I'm afraid. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> As is Dennis Hopper. When did he die? Oh, Jesus Christ. This is not going well. Um, John Leguizamo is still around. Cool. Maybe maybe it'll just be his story then. Yes. Who did he play? So he was Luigi. Right. Um, but but there's, lots of, um, there's lots of great articles about it explaining it. Um, cool. I'll, I'll so, find it and I'll put it in the show. Yeah, because it is a fascinating story about a disintegrating movie. Um, where everyone that would be a better knew... use of your time than watching the film after. <laughs> yes, but but just as an example of of of, uh, of how bad it was, um, Dennis Hopper, right? Uh, his six-year-old son at the time uh, said, "I think you're a good actor, but why did you play that terrible guy, King Cooper, in the Super Mario Brothers movie?" <laughs> and he said, "He said, well, I did it so that you could have shoes." <laughs> And his son, <laughs> and his son said, "Dad, I don't need shoes that badly." <laughs> That's amazing. Um, if my son ever sasses me like that, he's out. The, he's getting out on the street. <laughs> um, which, yeah, that is good. Good sass, though. What's amazing is that if you watch the Super Mario Brothers movie now, there is some real. There's a real correlation between Dennis Hopper as King Cooper in that and Donald Trump today. Oh, yeah. there, there are some striking similarities um so yeah everyone don't watch after if you're going to watch a bad movie go and watch the super mario brothers movie instead 
Cause yeah, but it's extremely entertaining. It's su- It's really I entertaining. That, I haven't seen it in such a long time. It's, it's really entertaining. It's really funny in a really strange way as well. It is a, a very bad film, but there's something charming about it. we talk about, about it next it? week? You know what? Yeah, let's talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. That's going to be our movie. I was struggling with what to, I was struggling with what to pick because it's my choice, and I was actually going to go for Citizen Kane, but no, let's. <laughs> I've, 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 never, I've never seen Citizen Kane, and <laughs> I wanted to do it because it's this big classic film. I was going to give you the choice, but no, we're doing Super Mario Brothers. Film. Yeah, Super Mario, one classic to another. Or oh, Super Mario Brothers movie next yeah, week. I'm totally ti- down for that. Titan of Cinema. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I'm super keen for that. And also there is a romantic interest in that movie, so it's justified. So, so after, right, I think we need to discuss the, where it came from and its origins, because much like um, Fifty Shades of Grey, this after originated as uh, fan fiction. Yeah, and I didn't want to hate on it for that reason because I have a lot of respect for fan yeah, fiction I, communities I, and particularly for Wattpad, which is the platform that it came up, it came up through, which has launched so many great writers and is a really, really good avenue for people to get their work out there who probably wouldn't get into the publishing industry otherwise because the publishing industry is still kind of old school and a bit uptight, you know? Yeah, and, and so things like Wattpad, they've really kind of... I don't, I don't want to sound like, you know overly down with the kids and and overly pretentious over this but it it has kind of democratized how do you do fellow children how do you do i read read one direction writers fan fiction all the time um but it it has kind of democratized the writing process where people can just go on there and they can write about what they want and they can write their fan fiction and they can find an audience of people who enjoy it and embrace it and and there are issues with the fan fiction community like um where it's real life people and they're shipping them i know that there's some there's weirdness that comes with that because there's it's it's kind of a consent issue isn't it yeah definitely a lot of people i think aren't comfortable with that exactly and and, and a lot of people who are shipped they do find it a bit a bit strange and there's been, there's been multiple people who have been like yeah probably don't do that i find it quite weird um it le- less so when it's fictional people of course because fictional people you do what you like with them doesn't matter um but but it fan fiction is this fascinating thing where people are able to get their passion out there in a way that is really personal and really creative and i'm super down with fan fiction yeah for sure and 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 because of that i really didn't want to dislike this movie as much as i did but and 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 i didn't want it to just be a repeat of the the process of the same kind of thing of um twilight starting out um sorry 50 shades starting out as twilight fan fiction and ending up being this big cliched pile of utter nonsense and it was exactly the same in the most disappointing way yeah and and i i didn't get as seedy a feeling from this movie as i did from from 50 shades um it feels like it's a little bit more earnest a little bit less calculated um, and I guess that also comes from, you know, the the writer of this is someone who's younger than we are. So, you know, fair play to her. She's managed to build a successful career. Oh, yeah. For and sure. I, res- I respect that. For sure. And and it's worth pointing out that we're not the target demographic of this movie or of the original work. Um, no, as, not remotely. As much as I love One Direction. <laughs> um, yeah, me too. Although legit, Harry's solo stuff is, yeah. is really it's a good. Album. good. And have you heard his cover of The Chain that no. he did for BBC? Oh, no. Yes, I have. It's good. It's so good. It's good. It's it's yeah. really good. I was like, you know what, Harry Styles? I don't like your name. It's a bit labacious, isn't it? Oh, I'm Harry Styles. Oh, check me out. He <laughs> sounds like Paul Daniels is opening up. Yeah. <laughs> is this your card? I'm Harry Styles. Um, <laughs> it just always makes me think of how... When we were coming up with names for the royal baby, I mentioned this before years ago when Kate Middleton was having her first baby. You suggested that it should be called Harry Styles, or one word. <laughs> yes, exactly. It should have been <laughs> Prince Harry Styles. Prince Harry Styles. Yeah, but yeah, Harry Styles. His cover of the chain. Uh, that put that in the show notes because it's really I good. Will. I, I will. And it's a it's a song. You know, it's this iconic song, um, and he nails it in a live performance for the BBC. And it's like, oh, good going, lad. You know what? Yeah, you, you you've earned your place at doing good pop music. Yeah, 
And One Direction had some good songs too. They did, yeah. They did have some good songs. Harry Styles, Harry Styles. That's how it went, right? <laughs> yeah, it was always about Harry, wasn't it? Yeah. And he's done the best out of all of them with their um, respective solo songs because they've all done solo stuff and none of it's been very good. Yeah, and, and he's he's also been the one that's taken the biggest risks as well, where he stepped out of his comfort zone a little bit, done something a little bit different, and it's paid off. It's like, fair play, lad. And also he was in Dunkirk to to bring it back. So, to, so he was, yeah. <laughs> to, to bring it back to old uh, Christopher Nolan and was all right. So fair play, Harry. But yeah, so so this the, the after is not something that I, you know, we're not the target demographic here, but I I do... I do have issues with the characters um, and particularly the plot plays it very, very safe. Uh, and so it just feels a bit like a damp, a damp squib at the end, really. It's the most predictable plot you could imagine. Yeah. Although I would, I, I, I did enjoy how upset nerdy previous boyfriend gets. About her having a drink. About her having a drink. Because that, that could actually be, that's the germ of when, the thing that could have been interesting about it is that maybe he's some like um he's like a super christian or has particular beliefs or whatever and it's like her going to college and resisting all of that stuff and sort of it's a clash between her previous life and her new life and all that things there's so much rich material there that you could get into and you could reasonably tell a story of her falling out of love with the one boyfriend and falling in love with a new guy but it doesn't go deep enough on any of it it's it's all just completely surface level yeah and 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 it, it's dealt with so quickly that it leads to some real pacing issues as well because oh god they split yeah. up very very quickly and she sleeps with um or maybe doesn't sleep with i can't remember harry styles they do eventually they do eventually but by that point it might have just been because of course she's a virgin of course although you know she is like pretty young this is college it's, it's not like 50 shades where i'm 72 years old and this is my the first man i've ever held hands with <laughs> Um, what <laughs> isn't anastasia in 50 shades of virgin at the beginning yeah and she, she's all like oh i've never known i've never been kissed i, I say <laughs> no, that was that was a whole other I, I say this man looked me in the eye someone get the smelling salts <laughs> i need the vapors <laughs> 50 salts of grey. oh i'm gonna have my first sexual experience in some kind of horrible torture room um yeah, Fifty Shades, go go fuck yourself. You're terrible. Um, where, whereas here, it, it feels more realistic because you know, someone who lives comes from a quite sheltered background, suddenly being in the college environment, and again, that could have been a really good source of conflict. Um, and and right, okay, pie in the sky dreams here, Paddy. You get given. I'm ready. You get given after to make. You are told. His, so you have to adapt it from the book. Yeah, but you are told here is here is the source material, but you can pretty much go wild with it. You just have to stick to the core points. What would you do? Yeah, again, I'd make it more about the, the clashes between... Okay, what you, you look at is where is the conflict? Where does the conflict go from? It's a love story between two people, um, a young girl going to college and a Harry Styles analogue. What are the obstacles to their love? And you just kind of you just kind of have to build it from there, don't you? And that that's really as simple as it is. But you know, so the obstacles are the judgment of their college friends. Um, and so you, the cliche with this film, the problem with it is that the only obstacle is that he's a complete dick. So it's getting <laughs> over the assholery of him and of men. Whereas actually, no, hopefully if I was adapting it, I would be able to look at it and go, okay, yeah, I want to focus on the conflict with her mother. I want to focus on the ex-boyfriend and his issues. I want to focus on her adjusting to college life. Um, all of that stuff, you know, I want to focus on her relationship with her her roommate and that kind of thing who didn't want to be paired with a freshman. It's, it's stuff like that, the way you, you try and focus on those things rather than it being just, yeah, a load a load of surface level guff about him being a bad boy. And I think that would have made it a really much more interesting movie. And I wouldn't have made them have a Union Jack in his room to let you know he's British in case you couldn't tell from his Bullingdon boy accent. Uh, uh, what I wanted, I wanted them to double down and it for it to be a Union Jack and then on one side of the centre of the flag, Bulldog. Other side of the flag, <laughs> Boris Johnson. 
He's, he's got a cardboard cutout of Churchill behind the yeah, door. Yeah, he's got Churchill in there. He's got got <laughs> Margaret Thatcher of spitting yeah. image version, put pictures of that up on the walls. <laughs> Actually, no, I tell you what I'd have done. I'd have had him dress up as Boris jo- as um as Winston Churchill and then have sex with a bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, "Can I ever love a man who's had sex?" With That's a what the big conflict could have been, or, or you know, it could have been some, some. I, I wanted full on Britishness. I wanted, <laughs> you know, he's an, he's eating gammon and chips every day. He's an artistic guy. She comes in one day and he's there on his electric guitar, which he never plays, and he's doing "God Save the Queen" on it. Um, another yeah. day he's painting the actual anthem not the sex yes pistols. yeah the actual anthem the, another day he's painting and he's painting a steak and kidney pudding <laughs> with a little union jack flag <laughs> on the top yeah um, yeah he's constantly eating pork pies wherever they are he's got a pork pie in his hand even when they're swinging swimming in the lake he's there naked he's paddling away just with a pork pie in his hand as he's doing yeah, it. Yeah, and you, you just see, like, it zooms in and you just see all the, like, crumbs floating to the surface of the lake. Yeah. <laughs> bobbing on top of the surface. Why do you have to go and make things so crumblicated? Oh, God. <laughs> that's really bad, but that's not as bad as this film. Yeah. Um, and he, he wears, like, one of those Union Jack suits with a bowler hat and he walks strides around campus going, like, all right, but darling, I'm British. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly want to come up to my room for a cup of tea oh do you want to i've got some fish and chips in my room and some it's, mushy peas. it's friday guy eat some fish and chips <laughs> i'm from england do you want to go god watch, save the queen do you go watch cory <laughs> do you go watch cory and then some football not not what you call football don't use the word soccer in front of me because i get really offended if you use the word soccer it's yeah. football. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but again, actually, genuinely, that could have been a hilarious film. It's an element of it that, if, assuming he is British in the source material, which we don't know, that could have been an interesting conflict, actually. There's a bit, that the thing where he talks about his mum, like, living in poverty back in London. That could have been a really interesting angle to explore. But it's literally just kind of there in the background and used as a plot device to explain him being a knob. Yeah, and his whole family dynamic, there's enough there to kind of explain why he would have trouble. And his dad, Sandy Cohen from the OC, Indeed. in one scene. Indeed. What, what was he doing in this? I'm, I'm <laughs> furious at him for doing that as well. Um, uh, but, but you're right, there, there's all of these little hints about a difficult family life which might have explained why he has trouble interacting with people and letting his guard down around people and entering into relationships which is a legitimate thing in real life you know people who have disrupted childhoods they do find it hard to let those barriers down Mm. um but here it's again it's just that surface it's one scene and then it's forgotten about um and so you could really explore that and i think the way that i'd like to do this movie if i had the opportunity Oh yeah, was, I haven't asked you how you. How dare it. you? How dare you? I mean, because um, I know you do the Churchill thing. Uh, uh, obviously, that was, what, that was what that conversation was really about. <laughs> obviously, I do the Churchill thing. Um, no, what I do is I'd kind of because it's clear from the source material that this is a it's a coming of age story. You know, she she finds love in a hopeless place. <laughs> she um she she um she she finds love in a place where she didn't expect it and she develops as a person into a person that she didn't initially think she was going to be and to be attracted to someone that she didn't initially think she was going to be attracted to. Um yeah. So why not double down on that and and show her progression as a person and show how that progression is happening in the right way. So initially as the audience you think old boyfriend seems like a sweet but dumb guy this guy seems like a jerk but then over time you show that actually the old boyfriend is quite controlling over her um and it ties into this strict family life where her mother genuinely would consider cutting her off if she didn't go down the path that the mother wanted her to go down versus okay this guy is is dismissive and he's quite cold at times but underneath that, there is this family dynamic, which is causing him to have difficulty to actually interact with someone. And, you know, and, and then you could still keep that reveal of this is this is all a game to me. And I did this as a joke, but show that actually that was caused by initial insecurity and not wanting to appear weak in front of a group of friends who, let's be honest, are pretty big assholes. Yeah. And the thing is, if you were to do it that way, 
who's to say that that wouldn't appeal to teenagers? This is the thing as well. I feel like stuff like this that is really basic and simplified and trading on cliches and stuff, people are often quick to say, oh, well, it's not for you. It's for teenagers, whatever. I feel like this talks down to teenagers. I think there there's so much stuff out there that is so much better that is still kind of aimed at teenagers that could still has real emotional depth and you could do it in that way and still appeal to the same audience exactly. so yeah it just it talks down to everyone exactly the, the prime example it's of punching that, down the prime example of that is to all the boys i've loved before which mm, which really does yeah. delve into that emotional and it does delve into that complexity um in a way that is intelligent and although that movie you know it, it has this odd nod and a wink to movies that have gone by and it's like oh yeah you know we're making a, a romantic movie it still has that intelligence to it and it still makes people think and I think that's the but main... It had a sense of fun yes, as well, didn't yeah. it? There's nothing fun in After at all. It's all just so serious and so drab. There's nothing, you know, there's not a single moment where it's like even a little bit goofy. Even a scene where they like um, hide out in the library and then they have to run from the security guard just feels like, why are you ruining that security guard's day? Why are you being a dickhead? If you want to read the books, just like read the books, you know? Don't like hang around in the library and then run away like an idiot. And also, college <laughs> libraries are open twenty four hours anyway, so he, that wouldn't be shutting off. Well, maybe not a fuck dick. You, which is <laughs> where this is set. FDU on the switch. FDU, yeah, yeah. FDU, <laughs> FDU. <laughs> um, and and then that that tr- you know that ties into the name. So it's initially FD fuck fuck dick you then FDU, and then it's just known as FD, a.k.a. after. Oh. It all ties together. Oh, there's a method here. Um, I'd wear that on a sweatshirt. Yeah, I'd wear FDU on a sweatshirt. <laughs> like, like the college yeah. shirt from um, National Lampoon. Yeah. Um, so is, is there anything else you'd like to say about after? Um, let's see. What else did I write down? There's a bit where, um, yeah, he's like following her around and he literally says, I can't stay away from you. Massive red flag, massive red flag, massive red flag. Don't know, <laughs> just know. There's also, we haven't even talked about the fact that there's all these like literature references, which are the most obvious cliched bullshit you could imagine in terms of just like, oh, I'm going to make some allusions to literature to show that I'm a writer and I'm cool and maybe I went to college. No, there's like, they have an argument about Pride and Prejudice. There's a thing about The Great Gatsby, maybe. It's not so great. Just like, come on, you can do better. We've heard this shit a million times before. <laughs> anyone who went to university and studied English has heard all of this shit before. And anyone who, had, who didn't has seen it on a film before. And and like, that did Oh, he likes books, she likes books. What books do you like? The same canonical classic books that everyone likes? Ooh, come on. But I did enjoy the fact that the same pretentious arguments were being brought up that we had to listen to at university. I think that's the thing it gave me flashbacks. Yeah, that I and I think that's part of the cuz since I watched this movie, my opinion about it has softened a little bit and I think a lot of the a lot of my gut instinct was just about oh Mine god really has not. this has reminded me of the worst people that I was at university with and my opinion of it has hardened kind of thing <laughs> i think it's because my son has been up like once every one to two hours every night for the last couple of nights so i'm just really tired and and now in 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 your sleep deprived state every so often you'll just get a flashback to after yeah or should i say before because <laughs> yeah it reminds me of yeah well, the bullshit we had to listen to in English seminars. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because it's um, um, also they refer to the head of the university as the chancellor. It's not called the fucking chancellor. Are you in Germany? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the chancellor of the exchequer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and his dad was Sergeant Javid. <laughs> <laughs> um. So there are other ones. There's going to be after novels. Yeah, there's other novels, but I was hoping they'd stop there. But of course they won't because, yeah, budget 14 million, box office 69.5 million. Nice. Nice. Um, (laughs) Can you still say nice if it's 0.5 at the end? It's a nice 0.5. Well, well, I just did. (laughs) Um, So we've got after, then after we collided, after we fell, after ever happy, uh, and then there's one called Before, which I guess is a prequel. Of course. Of course there is. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of this. Well, the book is 592 pages. So it, maybe it does have these kind of depth. It, yeah. The, the, all the things that we're talking about are explored in it. But then 
you can put that on film. There's again, when people make a film, they confuse you know economy of storytelling with just kind of bald bald telling of facts. You know, it's like yeah, explore some of that stuff in the film. Why not? Yes, yeah, it would be good, but they do not, and it, so it just ends up being very very basic, doesn't it? This yeah, it's it's worse than basic. Basic is a compliment. <laughs> So, uh, what else have you got to add? Uh, Sandy Cohen. I, I think I've said it all. <laughs> that was it, Sandy Cohen. That was yeah. That, that was the final straw for you. I wrote down that he's a Bullingdon boy, and then my phone auto-corrected it to bulking son. <laughs> bulking son boy. <laughs> he's a bulking son boy. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I like it. Uh, I like it too, bulking son boy. Um, so, so, shall I give us a little bit of trivia? Oh, go on then. So, um, so uh, the the copy of Wuthering Heights that Harden has. Oh, of course they mentioned Wuthering Heights. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually a copy that Anatod, Anatod, the writer of the 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 book, has had since she was a teenager, which is a nice little touch. And she she oh, has a okay. little cameo as well. She's walking out of the publishing office. Um, it's weird how publishing is a, a through road. In this and again, like Fifty Shades, this and Fifty Shades, and all of it, it's like people who are writers still have this kind of, even after they've been published properly, have this kind of weird notion of publishing. You know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's interesting that that's in there. It's uh, it's a, it's a weird one, but yeah, it's um, so so that's uh, so that's fascinating. Uh, Josephine Langford, who plays our lead. Yeah. Again, we'll we'll be interested to see if she does other stuff in the future that is better than this, because I'm sure she can actually act, but this film does not offer an opportunity for her to prove that. Well, she is in this horror anthology that I'd really like to watch called um, called Into the Dark, um, which I've heard good things about. So I'd you know I'll 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 keep faith here. She's also in. A movie I kind of love called Wish Upon, which is not heard of that. It is a horror movie. It's kind of bad, but it's about uh, basically, you know, the monkeys poor episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's that, but it's a magic demon box. Okay. So um, so she'll make a wish, and then bad things will happen off the back of it, but also good things will happen. Um, and she's in that. She's not the lead in that. Um, but she is in it, and it's like, okay, you know what? You're in that movie. I'm down for that. But but the 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 trivia I wanted to give was that she only had about a week to prepare for her role in this, so she read the books and the script while on a plane. Right. Okay. So it seems as though there might have been a bit of rush going on here. So yeah, that's not that's not great, <laughs> is it? If you have to no. rush into it like that, that's really not good. Um, but yeah, and then also, yeah, there's going to be a sequel, definitely. I'm not sure if they're going to do the others after that. I guess they'll gauge it on a movie-by-movie movie basis. Cool. Well, I'm I'm sure people will watch it because people watch this, so people are clearly dumb. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so that'll be it for trivia. I'm looking forward to After We Collided next year. Uh, that's a rubbish title. It could be worse. It could be Fifty Shades Freed. What does that even that mean? Is, that is really bad, actually. Yeah, no, I never stopped to think about that, but that is really bad. <laughs> yeah, that is a, a very, a very bad name. Um, but yeah, so so that's it for the trivia. So so how are we gonna how are we gonna rate this movie then? Oh my god, I don't know. Also, no one's called Hardin. That's not a name. Hardin. That was the last thing that I had to say. Hardin, Scott. But then, yeah. is anybody called Hero? Well, at least that is like an allusion to mythology. Is anyone in real life called Hero Beauregard Faulkner Fine Stiffin? No. No real people are called that. But then of course, you know, Joseph Fine's his real name is yeah, is, <laughs> is Joe <laughs> Voldemort John Joseph. <laughs> it's it's Joseph Alberic Twizzleton Hercules. Wickham Fines. Is, is it actually Yeah. All right. Twistleton. Um, which is Isn't that a brand of jerky? <laughs> Turkey Twistletons. Yeah, <laughs> that's how they made their mo- their money. The family. Yeah, that's it. They, <laughs> that, yeah. That's why they yeah. had to turn to acting because Jamie Oliver, the bastard, dirty, stopped them from making. Money. <laughs> Jamie Oliver was all like, "You can't make Twizzlers <laughs> anymore. Think of the children." 
<laughs> and so they had to turn to acting. Oh, yeah. It was really hard for them. It was, you know, because they they had this great empire of making delicious turkey twizzle treats that children loved. And then this cruel and vindictive chef turned up and ruined it for children everywhere. Well, this is a film I would watch. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Oliver, like, twizzling, ironically, his his imaginary moustache going, children enjoy these foods, so I'm going to take them away. (laughs) How do you do, fellow kids? Would you like a salad? Yeah, have an apple. And, children. and it end, it ends with him getting his comeuppance and him like literally being trampled to death by children like eat like eating turkey twizzlers. <laughs> no, pecked to death by turkeys that he'd freed. <laughs> yeah, every day rogue, and it repeats itself rogue over, turkey, you know, over it. Rogue turkeys roaming uh, post Brexit <laughs> Britain. And Jamie oh, Oliver God, yeah, running get, down the street. There's going to be turkeys street. everywhere. <laughs> Jamie Oliver's running down and the street. And I don't street. just mean Boris Johnson's cabinet. Oh, what? political satire. <laughs> Um, anyway, right, we have got massively off track. How are we going to rate after? What's what's our ranking here? Oh, God. Um, How many times did you make it to- complicated? Yeah, I, c- I can't think of anything <laughs> better than that. Um, let's see. Well, I had to look it up, and I gave Fifty Shades a two, and this isn't as bad as that, so I'm going to give it a three. Three out of 20. Yeah, uh, that was my thought Maybe, as well. possibly too generous, but... That was my thought as well, is this is not as bad as Fifty Shades. I can't remember what I gave Fifty Shades. You gave it a three. You gave it a three. Actually, I rated it lower than you. So I think... So I averaged out a 2.5. So if we both give it a three, then it's a three, so it's half a point higher. Yeah, I think so I'm going to get... My initial thought was a three... I feel a bit bad, though, because this is not as bad as Fifty Shades. So maybe I should no. go for a four. Okay, so it evens out at 3.5. Yeah, we'll go for a four here. Okay, I, yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, I, I did not enjoy this movie, but it is not... There's there's an earnestness to it still. There, there and, is, yeah, I guess. There's not like a really, yeah, a sort of cynical, hard, everyone wants to be whipped by a rich man edge to it yeah it's not got that to it there there's there there is a semblance of faith in this movie there's a little twinkle of a heart somewhere deep inside and for that i i can't rank it the same as 50 shades it's not you know an, an ostentatious pantomime of consumerism and dildos yeah. <laughs> well, that was on the uh, cover notes for 50 shades wasn't it <laughs> yeah that was that was the quote on the poster yeah <laughs> I mean, I'd watch it if that was the tagline. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So next week. That's the reason they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> so next week we're watching um, we're watching Super, Super Mario, Mario Bros. Brothers the movie. Hell yeah. Super Mario Bros. I am super down with that. That's made me really happy. Yes, I'm very excited about that. I haven't seen it in a long time. Potentially like over 10 years. I, I have definitely watched it since then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, um, I'm pretty sure the last time I saw it was at university. I was was I the person who showed it to you? And made... No, I'd seen it before, but I feel like I have watched it with yeah, you. Yeah, I've watched it. I, we've watched it together, but I've definitely watched it since uni. So, but I'm super excited to watch it again. I love that film. Yeah, me too. Very good, very good. Well, let's leave it there then. In that case, nothing else to discuss. Just for us here, for us to say, um, if you like what we do, leave us a rating or review on wherever you get your podcasts and you can get in touch with us on twitter at big boys don't pod or on the emails big boys don't cry podcast at geo.com if you want to request a film or tell us that we're wrong about after and we're not down with the kids or whatever then sure yeah if we've missed something about after uh, after <laughs> after after do you... that was a film with russell brand <laughs> it was um <laughs> if you've if, if we've missed something of after do let us know if we've missed the point if we're just two old granddads now yeah. Um, Are we just yelling at clouds? Uh, and yeah. Is this the future? Is this what kids like? Are we telling the kids to get off their romantic lawn? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone wants a bad rich boy with a Union Jack in his room. They, you know, that, that's one one thing that I've learned. That's real love now. Yeah. Exactly. That's how. That's his love to the Snapchat generation. <laughs> it is. It is. Anyway, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back next week to talk about Super Mario Brothers. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>